Welcome, Rink Rats, to this Blackhawks Hockey Rinkcast, episode 21. We're 21 now, we're old enough to drink. <laughs> um, exclusively sponsored by the Premium Hockey Outfitters at PuckHockey.com. That's P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. Use the discount code THERINK to get 10% off all your orders. All orders over $100 are free shipping. And you also get a free gift when you, when you uh, spend over $100. So. Anyway, today is Thursday, April 26, 2018. I am Jeff Osborne, better known across the interwebs as Gatekeeper. What's up, jerks? And I am joined here by my good friend, co-host, and fellow grumpy old guy, Mr. John Jekyll. Hello, sir. Mario Tiravasi is my hero. <laughs> oh, you mean... Ding, 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 bum, ding. He's my I hero too. I see him going through Allstate Arena, smashing bricks, <laughs> throwing, smashing throwing chairs off of the second balcony. Yeah. So anyway, awesome. <laughs> together we are your most trusted sources. It's your favorite online hockey hangout, thedashrink.com. Seriously, these potato heads have to be the unsexiest mob of all time. So we are here. We're back. Uh, a little later in the program, we're going to have from the aforementioned puckhockey.com, Mr. Matt Marini, the CEO of puckhockey.com. Awesome uh, guest. Yes. Great guy. Uh, fellow metalhead. Great haircut. <laughs> Among other things. But uh, as, as we're recording right now, the Rockford Ice Hogs are playing the Chicago Wolves. Uh, they're just coming out for the second period, I believe. So... Before we get any further, um, we do have a War Pigs, I'm going to call it the War Pigs report from Mr. the aforementioned Mr. Mario Tarabasi. So without further ado, let's turn it over to Mr. Tarabasi. Hey guys, thanks for having me on again. I uh, just wanted to hop on, give you a little bit of an update on the Rockford Ice Hogs as they are... Uh, right in the middle of their opening round series against the Chicago Wolves in the AHL's Calder Cup playoffs. Uh, coming to you pre-recorded next to the statues of Stan Makita and Bobby Hall right outside the United Center. Um, yeah, Ice Hogs, they're in a great spot right now. Um, through two games, they are up two games to none over the Wolves. Uh, game three is tomorrow, Thursday night at 7 o'clock at the Allstate Arena, a potential uh, three-game sweep in the best of five for the Ice Hogs if they can get the victory uh, on Thursday night over the Wolves. It'll be tough. They'll be, uh, it'll be at the Allstate Arena. Tough building to play in, um, but uh, Adam Clendenning, I talked with him uh, on Tuesday uh, during Ice Hogs media day, and uh, he said that, you know, one of the, if there's an arena that this Ice Hogs team is comfortable playing in, it is All-State Arena. He said basically it's like having a, a, another home game. So uh, as far as, you know, home ice advantage goes for the, for the Wolves, they may not have it uh, for game three. So that's already a good sign, um, you know, before the puck is even dropped. Uh, the, the, this Ice Hogs team, they seem loose, but they also uh, seem to be, you know, focused. They seem to have their head straight. Uh, head coach Jeremy Carlton has been uh, very even keel in his uh, demeanor over this uh, 
this playoff series so far. He seems to be passing that along to the rest of the team, and uh, this is a this is a team that has uh, a lot of a lot of depth um, all all over the, the lineup, um, top to bottom uh, in net, and uh, it's 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 really coming to fruition um, through the last really the last month and a half of the season, um, getting them to this point. They you know, we're at the beginning of March in sixth place, uh, found themselves into a playoff spot going into the last two games of the season against the very same Chicago Wolves that they're facing right now, had a chance to even come out on top of the division. Uh, it didn't work, but right now they, they face a chance to, um, in a best of five series, sweep out the, the division champs in the Wolves on Thursday. So things are going well. Um, they need to continue it. The biggest key that, uh, has been, uh, shown throughout the series is special teams. Uh, the Ice Hogs, out of seven goals that they have scored in the first two games, five have been on the power play. Uh, for a, a power play unit that throughout the AHL season finished dead last uh, in success rate and, and a penalty kill that was also in the bottom five, um, for their special teams to be such a key in, in the series, you really think that the Wolves would have been the ones benefiting from it the most, but uh, it's been Rockford. Um, now they've also been giving up their own share of penalties that uh, you'd like to see them clean up. But uh, taking advantage of the power play opportunities given to them by the Wolves, you know, they've done that. They've scored, like I said, five of their seven goals have come on the man advantage. So if they can continue to do that, clean up their own uh, penalties and, and really limit the, the Wolves' high-powered offense to have a chance on, on, on the man advantage, they really have a... a an upper hand going into going into game three if they can do that if they can't though they can be uh, a little reassured knowing that the uh the guy in net is going to be able to bail them out uh, as he's done through the first two games colin delia uh with uh two stellar performances in game one and game two uh he factors into being the game three starter and uh, i would go as far as to say unless he has a absolute collapse uh, in games three uh, and and you know if they go go further than game three in the series um you shouldn't be able to shouldn't see uh jeff glass in that i think colin dealey has really done enough uh and, and and at least my eyes to you know say claim stake to be in the uh ice hawk starter from here on out as far as they are uh, as they go in the playoffs so um you know he's, he's given up three goals to a, a wolves team over two games that over the last two games of the regular season scored, uh, you know, scored 11 on on the Ice Hogs. So um, it's it, it's been really incredible to see where he's come from the beginning of this year to to this point being, you know, the, the number one guy in Rockford and and really stepping up to the plate. Um, if he continues to be stellar in net, there's, there's you know, no question that, uh, you know, game three may be the last of this series uh, between the Ice Hogs and the Wolves. Um, Rockford hasn't seen the second round of the playoffs since the 2015 season. Uh, they haven't seen uh, a win against the Wolves in a playoff series since they've been in the AHL. The only other time that they've faced the Wolves was in 2008. Uh, the Wolves took that series in the second round of the playoffs. And uh, I, I really feel like this Ice Hawks team is, is put together well with a great mix of, of veteran uh, leadership and talent and 
a lot of young players that you know are, are, are looking to make their mark in their first or second years of, of pro hockey and um, you know this it's, it's a fun team it's a fun team to, to, to watch it's a fun team to cover and um, I'm looking forward to uh, a couple more uh, a couple more playoff games here and, and uh, really hoping that this team can make a, a, a solid run deep into the playoffs and um, you know really give the Blackhawks organization a good look at at what they have uh, in their minor league system so uh, hopefully we uh, we have more to talk about over the next couple of days I'm sure uh, I'm sure Thursday night will be a, a great atmosphere at the Allstate Arena. Uh, be sure to check out uh, everything that you could ever want in Ice Hogs coverage at uh, the-rink.com. So I'll throw it back to you guys on the uh, RinkCast uh, for your Ice Hogs update. This has been Mario Terabasi. All right. Thank you, Mr. Mario Tarabasi, who gave us that report right next to the statues at the United Center yesterday. Uh, we were supposed to record yesterday, so he recorded it yesterday. He he refers to the uh, the the game that's actually going on right now, which is fine. Uh, but thank you, Mario. He's doing amazing work out there on the beat. Uh, he is. He is. I mean, I can't say enough good things about the guy. He's he's working his butt off for the rink. So uh, great guy. Um, and just works his butt off and really takes it seriously. Um, so I, I, I can't say enough great things about, about Mario, but, uh, so, Nor can I. yeah, so he did a pretty good job of wrapping up what's, what's going on with the ice hogs, but they're up to nothing. They're playing tonight against the wolves. And, uh, by they're the time this one to zero yeah, in but, that game. Yeah, right. Exactly. But is when this drops, you will probably already know what happened with the game. But as, but as of know, right now, sort of victory, yeah, hopefully a War Pigs victory. Yes. Um, but also the uh, Indy Fuel, they're, we talked about them last uh, program. They, I don't know what I was reading on Twitter, but I thought that they were actually winning. Or they, they actually got an empty net goal and won that game, but they actually lost the game. So uh, they, they actually went out uh, three games Can't to none. The Twitters. To, yeah, they went out three games to none and to Toledo, and uh, their season ended. But, you know, it's, it's good for them. They're, they've only been around a couple of years, so... You know, it's a good experience for that team. And, uh, you know, they had a good season. You know, they, they really they really put it together towards the end. They had a little rough stretch at the beginning. But, uh, you know, good for them. So. Uh, the Chicago Bears are on the clock in the first round of the NH- of the NFL draft. Yep. That, of course, will also be <laughs> concluded by the time this drops. Yeah. But uh, it's not hockey season, so we're, uh, we're, we're all over the place. It's, our ADHD is running wild. Well, speaking of drafts, that is an excellent oh, segue, oh, sir. Oh, oh. <laughs> yes, that is an excellent yes. segue. Um, the draft lottery for the uh, NHL is this weekend. Uh, there were some details that were, uh, that were announced uh, the last couple days uh, as far as the draft goes. So here's what's going to actually happen. The draft lottery will start at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. It'll be on a bunch of Canadian stations, CBC, Sportsnet, uh, streamed yeah. online and stuff. But uh, it will also be on NBC in in the states. Um, picks fifteen through four will be unveiled before the Golden Knights Sharks game that begins at, at eight p.m. Uh, Could you imagine if the Hawks pick fifteenth? What a buzzkill! Well, I, honestly, I don't think you can really move down. I think you can only move up or something like that. It's, it's some weird rule about that. Oh no, you have to be able. I think you have to. I think. 
you may not be able to pick below a certain point yeah. depending on where you finish. But I mean, teams have to be able to go down because some teams often go way up. Right. Like yeah. remember when Pittsburgh got Crosby, I think they went from like third or fourth up to first. So just, I don't know the math. It would say that somebody's got to have going to have to go down. Well, yeah, I think it, maybe you can only move like one slot or something like that. I don't, there's some, there's some kind of weird protection in there and I'd have to look it up. I, I, I apologize. I didn't look it up beforehand, but I know there's some kind of weird protection in there. So you can't be completely like, you can't like go from like two to like 15. There's well, some... I think the, the Hawks of the Hawks record wise, they finished something like somewhere between seventh and ninth. And they keep, they could conceivably, they have a, sh- a small chance to go all the way up to first. So I would think they would also probably be able to also go down to 15th. Well, uh, um, you know, it's really, but you know, do you go back? Like I go back to when Crosby was picked and I forget which year that was. I mean, that was a watershed for the Pittsburgh Penguin franchise. I mean, that was huge. And I think maybe it was a year or two later, they took, um, they took Malkin second overall. Um, you know, these, you know, these are the kinds of opportunities. I mean, if the Hawks get into the top five, I mean, you can get a, a, you know, a true impact player who can, you know, change the arc of your franchise. I was talking to Wiz on the phone yesterday and he's, he, he said, he thinks this is a really deep draft. I mean, Maybe not elite players going, you know, very deep in the first or second round, but there's he said there's a lot of really good players going well into the second round. Um, and the Hawks are gonna be picking, I think I think they've got three picks in the first two rounds. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. So they at least have two in the first. We know that. So. Yeah, and two in the first, right. And everybody's hoping that Nashville gets knocked out, so that pick is a you know, maybe a couple slots earlier. Not gonna happen probably, but yeah, well, you know what? It, it, it right then you're kind of playing with house money, so you've already ha- got that early round pick. So that's that, that yeah, second first know, round pick is. Wiz is also a fan of Victor Ed, so I, you know, <laughs> based upon what what little we saw of him, I'm not really I'm I'm, I'm not really sold. I'm not on the Edsel bus, so to speak. I'm not even in an Edsel car. <laughs> um, I will we'll see. I mean, but uh, yeah, if Edsel doesn't really pan out, though, then there's a lot of pressure on this pick you know, to, to turn into something as far as, you know, the Hartman trade. I mean, I don't know. Hartman's already, you know, up to some shenanigans in Nashville. So it's, it's not like they gave up, uh, you know, a hall of fame player, but anyway. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, we don't know anything right now, so. Well, we don't know anything anytime. really. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 you know, well, man, this guy's freaking delusional. <laughs> Back in the box, Liz. Um, but according to what the odds that that were posted, the Blackhawks are f- listed as seventh. Uh, right, they have a six point five percent chance of getting the first, uh, first pick. Uh, Buffalo's got the highest at eighteen point five. Then you got Ottawa, Arizona, Montreal. The uh, as we'll talk about talk with Matt later, the Detroit Red Wings, uh, then Vancouver Canucks, and then Blackhawks, and then Rangers, Oilers. Uh, Islanders, Hurricanes, and then so forth and so on. So, um, I mean, there's a chance, but I'm I'm not expecting the Blackhawks to move anywhere. I kind of just expect them to be right where they're at. If they get anything else, great, but uh, I, I'm not just based on odds and all that stuff. I, I well, if the Hawks happen to you know make it to the second drawing, the the top three. You're going to hear the, you know, the cries that the fix is in from Nashville, from St. Louis, you know, um, 
there's a belief around the league that the league has made things really easy for the Hawks. Um, and uh, I guess to the extent that the league didn't put David Runblad on the roster, they have made it easy or they haven't <laughs> made it easy. Sorry. But uh, anyway, um, but I, 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 I digress. Yeah. All right. Because they, <laughs> that $10 million uh, Jonathan Tays contract and uh, Marion. Right. Yeah. On and on and on about all these things that, these uh, bad contracts that uh, we've had to get out from underneath and stuff like that, that we may find the Blackhawks may finally get to uh, resolve some of this, uh, this year. But uh, yeah, but as far as the, the, the top four picks go or the top three picks uh, that make it through, uh, they'll have to wait until the second intermission of the, the, uh, that Knights sharks game to be, uh, to be released. So they're going to, they're going to create a little bit of buzz and a little bit of, you know, anxiety and, uh, I don't know, drama, I guess you could say. So whatever. <laughs> I just want to know what happens. I don't care about Outside the drama. Outside linebacker Roquan Smith. That's who the, the Bears Georgia picked? Bulldogs with the eighth pick in the first round of the 2018 NHL draft. So sorry for that. <laughs> no, hey. A lot of, a lot of digressions tonight. A lot of digressions. Well, uh, we've talked a little bit about the draft. We've talked a little bit about Blackhawk stuff, Icehawk stuff. Um, let's take a little time and let's swing it over. And uh, let's talk with Matt Marini. Uh, spend a little time talking some metal, some hockey, what, some therink.com merch and other merch. And then uh, we'll come back and answer all your questions. So here we go. So today we are joined by the CEO of a little website you may have heard a time or two on the podcast. Uh, puckhockey.com, P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com, um, and fellow member of the Stellar Haircut Club, a.k.a. the Bald Brotherhood, Mr. Matt Marini. Hello, sir. Hi, how are you guys? We're good, man. We're good. It's finally good to talk to you, get you on and introduce you to the fans. So, uh, it's great to hear from you, man. Great to have you on, Matt. Absolutely. I've been waiting for this too, and been watching you guys as you've started to grow here and pretty awesome what you're doing so we're happy to be a part of you know doing what we can do to represent the rink baby <laughs> thank you and it and the feeling's mutual man you guys do great work over there i was you know thank i've told you. john several times and i've told even told the audience that you know i was a big fan of your guys stuff before we ever had a partnership so um you know i just like the hockey and and metal combined together and i even like the you know the snoop dog stuff you know that stuff's good too <laughs> snoop <-a -loop>. so <laughs> i even pulled that, that clip just for you guys promotion. i thought that was genius <laughs> <laughs> so you know um but i i guess you know I, we were talking about this a little bit in the in the pre-chat but i didn't want to get too much into it but the big thing that that came up uh, lately and any of you who are who are also metal fans some of you aren't some of you are but Yesterday, you guys released a commemorative jersey for Paul Bailoff, who is the former singer of Exodus, who passed away in 2002, I believe. Yep. And uh, you guys released this commemorative jersey. And of course, it's um, the band is, you know, on board with all of it. And it seems to have really taken off, and it, which is kind of why you were probably busy yesterday and couldn't make it on. Exactly. So uh, um, just tell us about a little bit, you know, about about what 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 went behind this. Well, what happened was, um, it was really cool when we signed Exodus, 
to puck hockey, um, you know, we go through a pretty rigorous um, creative process with all of our collaborations. And, you know, I ask the bands, you know, what they are personally into and, you know, ask them a bunch of questions. And, you know, they responded with, you know, what teams they like, like Calgary, for example. And that's why we have one of the jerseys is on Calgary colors. But when I met the guys in person, um, we did a photo shoot down in, um, in Columbus when they played there a few months ago. They really liked the first, you know, the first drop of designs that we had out. And I was like, what do you guys want to do next? And, you know, unanimously, they were like, we should absolutely do a tribute jersey to Bayloff. And I was like, oh, what a great idea. We can do that. You know, we'll make it really nice, you know, pay tribute. And, you know, we'll make it really sharp. And um, they were like, let's do it. So, you know, along with a couple other ideas, you know, that was one that they were really intent on us doing. So we were glad to do it. And they had actually had that design out um, on T-shirts before. And um, then they wanted to make it into a hockey jersey. So when we started designing it, you know, our designer had to make some tweaks to it to make it look, you know, make it look like a hockey crest. Right. You know right. what I mean? Right. On the front of a jersey and stuff. So, you know, it went through a bit of a, a bit of a process there, but I love it. I think it came out great. The guys love it. And um, it's really sharp. I think it's a really sharp jersey. So, um Again, we were just glad to make the guys happy to, you know, pay tribute to their friend. And, um, you know, a lot of people in the music world, in the metal world, you know, really respected Paul Bailoff. And, you know, of course, he sang on one of the most influential thrash albums ever, Bonded by Blood. So, you know, I, I noticed, uh, you know, a lot of people on social media and other bands, you know, you know, paying their tribute. You know, so he he definitely touched a lot of people. So, again, yeah, we're just happy to do it and we're happy that people like it. Yeah. So, like I said, I, a little earlier offline was that uh, I've had several friends reach out to me and because they saw it, uh, you know, in, in on, on other social media, private social media or whatever. They saw the jersey and they said, I got to have that because, of course, you know, I have a lot of metal friends, friends that are into metal, maybe not hockey, but into metal. And uh they loved it. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool. Um, I, I do also, I got to say the advertisement you guys did with the picture of Bailoff singing with the old Russian Jersey on it's the old Soviet Union Jersey on, which is actually a Pavel, uh, or an, uh, a Bore Jersey. Oh, wow. I, 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 I've seen the video of him singing with that on and it's a Bure Jersey. So that's, that was just a kind of a cool little, like added, uh, added little piece of the advertisement that kind of tied the hockey in with the metal. So he was, you know, oh, he, really? he he clearly was some kind of you know hockey fan back even back you know that far. So he was, he absolutely was, and the guys, you know, now they are too. So it's pretty cool, you know, when you hook up with a band and you know I had no idea they were hockey fans. I had no idea, you know, the new singer. Zetro, I didn't mm -hmm. know he was a huge hockey fan. I had no idea. So it was really cool 
you know, again, doing the creative process and, you know, I send the, I send the guys a questionnaire and then they send it back and I'm like blown away by the responses. Again, I had no idea that they were that into hockey, but you know, it's awesome. As we, uh, you know, as we've gone on this path and, and John's kind of jumped on after I already started the path between the hockey and the, the metal melding together, you know, I, I get amazed. I, I I'm amazed sometimes at you know how many of these bands are like huge hockey fans, uh, like you said, Exodus, and uh, uh, you know just it, you can go down the line like a lot, especially a lot of the Swedish metal bands. Yeah, uh, I love. You know, I, I'll be honest. I'm not mm. even a huge Meshuga fan, but because the jerseys are so badass, I would totally <laughs> like. <laughs> I would totally wear those jerseys just because it is metal. And I, and even if I don't like a band, I respect the hell out of them just because they're metal artists. So, Oh yeah. With Meshuga, you know, it took me because their music is the way it is. You know, it's, it's pretty complex and it's heavy. um, It's heavy and it's really complex and they're unbelievable musicians, you know, but I admit it took me a while to get into Meshuga, but now that I kind of get it, I think, you know, they're, they've got really heavy groove and I saw them live last year for the mm-hmm. first time. And when you see them in person, it was just like, Whoa, yeah. they pull it off live. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. But yeah, they are, they're big time in the hockey. It's awesome. Yeah. And, in uh, I mean, like, like we've seen before our, our buddy Patrick, uh, from he's, he lives in down in Nashville, but he's a big Blackhawks fan, Patrick judge from demon hunter. He's of course a big hockey fan. He's he actually plays hockey, and he is he is always rocking some puck hockey gear, always yeah. on social media. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, actually, the, he 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 uh, texted me the like the day the uh, rink gear came out and said he's getting some. So, you know, it's that's awesome, man. <laughs> we really appreciate that. But I mean, even like uh, and again, uh, someone else we we kind of talked about in the pre chat was uh, Mike Wengren, the drummer from Disturbed. He's got a Blackhawks tattoo on his leg and uh, a couple years ago, and I've told the story a couple times, so I don't want to get too far into it, but a couple years ago when the Blackhawks won the cup in 2015, they made their comeback album. Their first show was right after, was probably a week or two after the Blackhawks won the cup. He came out with a full Blackhawks drum set for, for their return, their, their single return show at the house of blues in Chicago. Oh man. Wearing a goalie mask too. So, yeah, I mean, just it, it it can go on and on and on. Uh, in flames, uh, uh, you know, uh, the lead singer of Soil Work. Uh, he's a he a former hockey player, not pro or anything, but he he played hockey. It it just it goes. I just love how it melds together. I really do. How hockey and metal just kind of works together. So it um, works. Yeah, yeah, it does. Agreed. Um, I mean, Dave Ellison. Uh, you know. All this stuff, like I just love the the the, the brand and everything, so I, I can't say enough about it. Thank you, thank yeah. you. So it's I mean, fun. I tell you what, it's really fun. Yeah. So shifting gears just a little bit, um, and and, and reel John back in a little bit, <laughs> wake him up. <laughs> reel me back in from Twitter. Yeah. Um. So you've got you guys got some player signature series as well. So you guys, you know, you, you, you focus on the bands a little bit, but you also focus on some of the players. And some of them are, uh, you know, uh, Kelvin Pickard, uh, Freddie Anderson, uh, Hampus Lindholm, and our very own beloved Marion Hosa. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and Thomas Tatar. So, so you guys have like individual player lines. Um, did you guys, when you guys started puck hockey, um, did you go, you immediately go for the player, the player signature series and then kind of move over or did you do both or was it kind of one or the other? How did, how did you guys go about that? Oh, great question. And you know, when I, when I was starting the brand, you know, the whole goal of mine for puck hockey was to, you know, be kind of melding, you know, culture, whether it be music, fashion, whatever, you know, with hockey to see, you know, where I could take a hockey based brand, you know, to places that they've never been. So when I started, I had a list of like 300 creative ideas written down for like different designs or whatever. And I also had a list of like up and coming guys that I thought would be cool to have, you know, like um, their own fashion brands. And um, it was funny because when we were first starting off, uh, one of our competitors had Pavel Datsuk of the Red Wings signed and did like a, a little line of Datsuk stuff. And it blew my mind. I was like, no way. That's exactly my idea. So when we launched Puck, we got very, very lucky with um, meeting Tatar really early on and being able to forge a relationship with him. So that's really how the brand came out of the gate. We actually had Tatar signed to the brand before we launched and we launched with his stuff. So to answer your question, sorry to be so long winded. No, 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 you're good. Started with Tatar and then, you know, the music thing was always going to be a big part of the brand. So, um, started with Tatar that got the brand off and running and got us a little bit of notice. And then the first band that, um, I actually signed was 36 crazy fists from Alaska because I knew they were huge hockey fans Mm -hmm. and super cool guys. So, you know, I proposed the idea to them and, you know, I'm not knowing if they're going to think I'm crazy or not, but they were really into it from day one. They said, yep, let's do it. And uh, that was the first band and had some really good success with their line. And then one thing started leading to another. And it it's just honestly, it's snowballed over the last couple of years to, you know, where we're at now. So, yeah. Awesome, man. So, mm-hmm. Matt, without divulging <clears throat> trade secrets, um, so you guys started, as far as the players, you started with Tatar. Did he provide the intro to uh, Marion Hosa for you, or or do they have the same agent? I'm just, I'm kind of curious, you know, how you guys have cultivated the, the relationships with the players. Absolutely. Um, you know, at first when we were talking to Tatar, you know, it was just us and him. Because when he was a Red Wing, honestly, he lives, and he lived in the same city that I live in. He was literally right around the corner from us. And, uh, when, um, didn't I see some mug shots once of Sergei Fedorov up there (laughs) (laughs) where you live, Matt? Maybe not. Possibly. Possibly. So, um, I'm sorry. I totally lost my train of thought. The Hosa thing. Yeah. Back on the Hosa thing. Oh yeah. So 
it was just us and Tomas. And then once we um, we did some initial designs for him, um, he you know told us that he wanted to do it and he was going to sign with the brand. And it was at that point that he did introduce us to his agent, who is Rich Winter. And he's a pretty big name throughout yeah. the NHL. Big man and, in the NHLPA. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, we met Rich and, you know, I was super nervous just knowing who he was. I was like, oh, man, we're going to meet Rich Winter. <laughs> and it uh, turns out he's a great guy. And um, he worked with us to get the agreement done with Tomas. And then um, after, you know, we got rolling with that and we started doing some decent sales, Rich from out of the blue was like, well, you know, I represent a guy named Marion Hosa, and I can probably make this happen for you. And I was like, um, awesome. after I woke up from fainting, you know, I was like, <laughs> what did you just say? And uh, he's like, yeah, I think I can probably make it happen with Hosa. And my partner, Amy, and I were just freaking out. We're just like, no way. But yeah, he put it together. Um, we did some initial designs and then, um, you know, went back and forth with Marion. And that's another really cool part of this brand is those designs, you know, he had a hand in those. He actually had a say in those and all of our collaboration partners do. They tell us what they like and, you know, we, we design around that. So all those designs, you know, he had a hand in those and he approved them. You know, we don't put anything out unless, you know, they're 100% approved, too. So the first time I ever got to talk to him, to Marion, this was crazy because Rich texted me or something and said, you know, Marion's waiting for your call. I'm like, you got to so. be kidding me. <laughs> so he was in, he was at home. He was in Slovakia at the time. And uh, so here I am calling Slovakia and you know Marion Hosa's waiting for my call you know who am so, I right but yeah he answered and we had a great conversation about the creative and the direction he wanted to go on some of the designs that we had sent over so from there we edited them down and you know came up with the the line form and it did it did really well it really really did yeah, I still, remember. Still does okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, we still have a lot of people I know that we're sending over there to, to buy the stuff. And I remember when you and I first started uh, talking, Matt, um, a few years ago, I remember I was doing promotions of you guys on my blog. And that's and, right. Uh, you guys would give me some gear. And I always, <laughs> always wanted to load up on the host of stuff. I still have the, uh, I still have the hoodie. Um, and I love that. I mean, I wear it on, I wear it on the ice when I coach. And, uh, I mean, for you know, we always tell people this on on the the podcast, but not only is the the look of the clothing really cool and really contemporary and and very creative, but it's really high quality clothing too. Um, and you know, you don't know it until you actually buy some and wear it how how high quality it is. Um, so I, I urge all of you to do that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you know, we do we put a lot of pride into. You know, every every piece that we make and design and, you know, a lot goes into um, sourcing of the, you know, sourcing of the items to make sure that we're getting the best quality stuff. Um, we actually 
make, we actually finish all of the garments right here in Royal Oak in our in our um, in our office at our headquarters. So very cool. And our yeah, and our quality control guy, um, his name's Luke. He um, he won't let anything go out the door unless you know he triple checks it, makes sure everything's you know perfect, right down to you know our hang tag being on there, and you know some free stickers go in with every order, and you know so it's it's cool. But yeah, we really. We really, um, we do focus on making a custom quality product. So I'm glad you noticed that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you talk about the hang tags and the little touches like that. I mean, you know, I notice those things because, you know, Matt, as you know, I come from an advertising background and, um, you know, that's one of the things that really excited us because when we set out to create the rink, ultimately we didn't, we didn't just want to do a blog. We didn't really did want to do just a website. We wanted to create a brand and, you know, Gabe and I are coming up on six months now, and we we're kind of doing a little retrospective of, of what we've accomplished over the six months, and we're proud to say that we've we've really started to create a brand that's bigger than us, and that's really exciting. And that was one of that was the reason that we sought you guys out um, as as our exclusive sponsors, that you guys really get branding, and we saw you know great opportunities for our brand to grow with your brand. And um, I mean, you guys really do it right. And you just, you, you just nailed it. I mean, right down to the hang tags, the little, the little puck logos on the sleeves, um, you know, in addition to, you know, whatever player or band, you know, is featured on, on the main piece of the clothing. Um, and, you know, again, people, when, when they order the stuff, they're going to see this and it's, it's just, it's really remarkable. It's really well done. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned, it's so funny that you mentioned like the little puck tags on the sleeves yeah. and, and the hems and our, you know, our little puck zipper pulls and stuff because yeah. I, you know, I insist on all that stuff. I insisted on it all at first and then, you know, driving Luke, you know, our production guy crazy with, we're going to do all this stuff on this. I'm like, yep. <laughs> but now you know, he's a whiz. He's got this down to a science of making anything. And he's become um, really fashion conscious, streetwear conscious. So anything that we do now, like all these little adornments and these little touches, he's like so into it. And now he's coming to me and he's like, dude, why aren't we doing this? Or why don't we do this little hit on the sleeve cuff? I'm like, you want to do them? I'll get the stuff. And he's like, yeah. So that's where you know, we're trying to, you know, along with being a hockey brand, we want to, you know, don't lose focus that we are trying to be a fashion, a streetwear brand too. So all those little touches, you know, add up to a big deal. So glad you noticed those too. <laughs> yeah, right on. yeah, I was mentioning it actually, uh, we were kind of going on and on last week about, you know, the, the gear and stuff. Uh, I was talking about the little pull tag on the zipper hoodie. The little I puck, the little puck, which I thought was great. I mean, you don't ever see stuff like that. And if you do, this stuff is super high quality, expensive stuff. If you see anything like that. So it's like, that just shows you the level of the detail on all this stuff. And, uh, you know, every time like something comes up and, you know, people may not be as familiar with you guys as, you know, we are, or some other people are, but every time we kind of, you know, like when Patrick was wearing that T-shirt, the the uh, the Hosa wins them all T-shirt. Um, mm -hmm. I just kind of re, you know, it, because he's a, a friend of the site and everything, and and it was a puckhacky shirt. I kind of put it back out there, and so many people, I have to have that. I have to have that. Unfortunately, 
it was sold out by the time you know it got to that far. <laughs> but there were hoodies. There's other Hosa gear that's very similar to that. You know, long sleeve shirts and things like that that you guys still had available. And, oh yeah, uh, I have one of the hoodies myself, and I have the pullover hat, and uh, you know, it's not stuff that you know, it's stuff that I went out and and, and actively searched for. So, you know, it's that was one of the things I did when when last year when Marion Hosa you know, announced that, you know, he had this, this, uh, the skin problem and he wasn't going to be coming back. I immediately was on your website before any of this stuff, you know, before any, before the rink was around or anything, I was on your website looking to buy some, some of that Hosa gear. So. Yeah. We were so bummed when that news came out. We were like, no, (laughs) you were, (laughs) yeah. For several reasons in Chicago, it it sucks. Just because of the player on the ice and, you know, the, the, the leadership that he brings to the team. And there's still people out there who keep asking us, is Hosa going to come back? And we get, we just have to break it to him that no, he's, he's not coming back. Yeah. Uh, Highly doubtful. Yeah. So, but, uh, so as far as your hockey interests go, um, obviously you're from Detroit. So you, I guess we could assume you're a Red Wings fan. I am a Red Wings <laughs> fan. Absolutely. But we won't I hold like, it against you. I got to admit, I like it all. Um, you know, I I watch pretty much every game that I can and, you know, all levels I like to study. You know, I'm into like prospects and the junior teams and the NCAA. So I like it all. You know, I just think it's it's the greatest sport. And, you know, I've dug it forever. And, um, you know, the more and more I get into it and get into this brand with it, it's just you know, yeah, it's just, it's just an amazing game to me. I just, I love it. All levels. Right on. Yeah. That's, uh... I lived in Detroit during, uh, from 92, I lived in Michigan from 92 to 2006. So I was there for, I think one or two cups. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Blackhawk fan to the core my whole life, you know, so it was really, it was really difficult for me because the, the Hawks basically sucked during, really all those years, except for a couple of years, I guess, you know, in the like late nineties, early two thousands. But, um, you know, I grew to respect the wings organization, um, you know, uh, Ken Holland and Scotty Bowman and, um, Jimmy Devolano and, uh, you know, the way that they just, you know, they, they took all the time developing their talent in the minors and, um, you know, they, they played that, you know, that sort of Russian European game. Oh um, yeah. For, for so many years. And, uh, you know, it's funny, I had the opportunity to see um, Tampa Bay play, which is, of course, run by Steve Eiserman. And uh, this this past year here in Columbus and, uh, you know, watching them play the way they cycle the puck and, and just the, their, the, how great their structure is. They really reminded me of the old Wings teams, you know, from the late 90s and the early 2000s. And, um, you know, so it was it was hard for me because I have a lot of really good friends who are Wings fans and they used to just beat on me because I was a Hawks fan. And, uh, but I, I, I really, I really always did and still do have a great deal of respect for the wings organization. And, you know, when the Hawks started really their rise, um, you know, around 2008, 2009, you know, they brought Scotty Bowman over and, um, you know, hired Joe, Joe Quenville. And they really, you know, they started to do a lot of the same things that the wings had been doing a lot of the possession hockey and, and, uh, the transition game, the stretch pass. And, uh, you know, there was I, I think there was a great deal of respect between those teams, um, you know, 
really up till about 2013, I think that playoff series sort of just destroyed any respect or admiration there was. But uh, yeah, it's been a great rivalry though. Oh, I know. It's it's kind of a bummer that the Wings switched conferences and, you know, we don't see Chicago nearly as often as we should. That's or for Colorado. sure. Or Colorado, right? Yeah, yeah it, you know what? It, it, the Red Wings, there, it was kind of like that good pain. <laughs> the, you know, it was good to have them there because it was that good, intense rivalry. It was the thing you loved, you know, you kind of loved to hate with the Red Wings. And, but you respected them because they had earned that respect with winning all those cups. And uh, that's yeah. kind of the team you like, oh, I wish my team could be like they were winning all those cups. And the Blackhawks ended up turning into that. But kind of, uh, you know, back back to what we were talking about with, uh, you know, Scotty Bowman coming over and stuff like that. I was just listening to the uh, the Craig Custance podcast where he had Ken Daniels on. Uh, oh, who was, Ken he's, Daniels. He's like the play-by-play guy for Detroit, right? Right, right, right. Right, yeah. Right. Um, and... You know, some of it was kind of heavy with with things that have happened with his son. Um, I'm not going to get into that, but he was kind of telling stories. You know, he got a little lighter towards the end where he was talking about how he had a a brush up with Scotty Bowman and they didn't talk for six weeks. But it just kind of reminded me because he he talked about, you know, he was going in the elevator and Barry Smith was there. Barry Smith is now a member of the Blackhawks organization loosely. Um, Just how many how much the Red Wings have touched the Blackhawks organization, even to this day, uh, is kind of amazing, I think. Yeah. You know? And it's in a good way, actually. You know, we we tried to pilfer the best parts of your organization, <laughs> bring them over here, and it worked. So It did. Yeah. And you guys, I got to say, you know, you had kind of a down year this year in Chicago, but you guys have to be pumped with all of the prospects and kids you guys have coming you've got some high-end kids coming yeah and, and speaking of that i'm watching them right now the rockford ice hogs and uh <laughs> chicago wolves are playing right now uh, uh wolves are down or wolves are up one nothing in the first period uh nice. so anyway um well i mean john you got anything else you want to touch on with with, with matt uh, no, not really. I've just been enjoying the, the flow of the conversation. Um, good, good. you know, again, I, I don't know if it would be appropriate at this point for me to, to plug puck hockey anymore. I think I've done it about 17 times already. Oh, and we'll, it'll be, I'm sure, you know, it's already in the intro and it'll be in the outro. So yeah. we're, we're going to get plenty of it, but even like some other stuff here too, like, um, this, this new, this other new stuff that you guys got, the, the none more black shirts, <laughs> like, I don't even know, like, I don't even know the artist or anything, but just looking at the design on it and being a goalie myself and all my equipment is black, like, I have to have one of these. And and literally, you guys came up. That was such a fun one. That was such a fun design to do because, you know, just being a metalhead forever, um, you see, like, some of the extreme metal bands and, you know, the guys in the bands dress up in corpse paint. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. So I was like... Oh man, we have to do a goalie mask like that. And oh, um it's incredible. The guy that did it, the guy that actually did the art, his name's Mark Rudolph. Mm-hmm. And he um he's a creative director, I believe, for Decibel magazine. Okay. And he lives he lives like ten minutes from me. So I was like, No way. I'm like, I'm gonna meet this guy in person and have him do some stuff and that's how that happened. And that's I've actually cool. had that design. We've had that design for a couple of years and I just didn't know, you know, the right time to put it out. And yeah. 
it just seemed like now was the time and people are digging it so far. Yeah. It's really fun. Yeah. It, yeah the fact, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. The fast food promo too. I wanted to, to bring that <laughs> up as well. That's, that's really smart. I mean, these guys took, Matt, I'll let you describe it actually. Go ahead. Well, another funny thing, we were just sitting around, um, one day at headquarters and, um, my our graphic designer Rand and myself were just like I don't know how we even started it but one thing led to another and um he did the um subway logo and puck hockey and I started just laughing I'm going that is perfect so then again snowball effect um we're like okay if we did this one we have to do this one then we have to do this one oh we can't leave Tim Hortons out of course and um so we just came up with this series of fun takes, you know, parodies on fast food logos. And um, we were just going to put them out like as stickers, you know, fun that, you know, people could put on their cars and skateboards, whatever. And um, then we're like, these are actually really cool. People might actually buy these on clothing. So we just did. And we put them out just for fun, just to see if people liked them. And, um, People are digging them. So it's really just kind of a fun thing, but very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I like it. I mean, that's right up my alley, too. I love taking other logos and, and changing them around a little bit. And uh, I love fast food. <laughs> but it, it, I'm a big Dunkin' Donuts fan my, myself. So, uh, yeah. Oh, that for one's sure. great. I love that one. Yeah. And even the Tom Hazard stuff, like the Skate with the Devil, that's amazing. That's one of my favorite designs we've ever done. And, you know, it just, I don't even know how that popped into my head to do that. But because Tom is, you know, a metal guy, obviously. Clearly, yeah. It's just like, oh, man, that one just works so perfectly. And when we showed it to Tom, he was like, oh, my God. So, yeah, I love that design, too. Yeah, and I was not even, like, really aware of Tom, even though we have some mutual friends and stuff. Like, I was not even aware of him. But I saw this... I saw this line and I'm like, I got to know more about this guy, you know, because it's perfect. It's right up my alley. I mean, the, the upside down pentagram. I mean, I just, that's my whole, my whole thing is, is, you know, the dark evil metal guy, the godless <laughs> metal guy. So, uh, yeah, it's, I got actually a sticker. It's going on my truck. Uh, I got a t-shirt, uh, you know, that's, that's definitely that along with my Marion Hosa, uh, Metallica theme sticker. They're going, they're going on my truck immediately. So, nice. Yeah. So, well, I, I think we've kind of touched on just about everything. Um, I know that, you know, we'll probably have you on again for sure because, oh, yeah. you know. Oh, anytime. Yeah, as Love. things grow, you know, we may add, uh, you know, add items to our, our line and you guys will have new stuff as well. So, you know, we'll, we'll keep everything fresh as, as, as far as the puck hockey and, and the rink, uh, you know partnership goes on if you will yeah for sure <laughs> for sure anytime i'd love to be on and just talk hockey whatever with you guys it's great awesome cool man well um, so definitely definitely and, and we'll probably have you on before then but probably next next time the hawks and the wings play we'll, we'll definitely have you on oh yes yeah that'll be good that'll be fun yeah, yeah. cool so everyone that's puckhockey.com p-u-c-k-h-c-k-y Dot com and of course you have the discount code the rink uh to get your stuff you can get your rink gear or you can get your hosa gear 
or you can get your Exodus gear. You can get your Paul Bailoff gear. You can get anything you want there. They got great stuff, stickers, hats, all, all kinds of stuff. You could probably spend all day there looking through all this stuff. So, uh, yeah, thank- buy the ring stuff. The ring stuff's really cool when you see it in person. It's really sharp. I know I, I have, have an order on the way. So. on its way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I think a few other people do, too. So uh, we're, yeah. we're all anxious to get it out there. And, and uh, again, I also I tweeted this out there. Um, anyone who goes out there and buys some rink gear, if you send us a picture wearing it, we will feature you on the rink's uh, social media accounts. I'm sure you'd probably get a retweet from puckhockey.com. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Just... We're actually thinking about a, a cash money uh share and wear promo during the season but we got we have some other stuff we need to work out first but uh yes it will be uh it will be good for your for your wallet potentially to wear rink gear from puckhockey.com so we have all kinds of uh surprises in store for you fans so again that's mr matt marini thank you sir for uh coming on and uh spending a little bit of time talking some hockey and metal and apparel as well Awesome. Well, thanks for having me and I appreciate it. And we love working with you guys. And um, like I said, I'll come back on anytime you want. All right. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. All right, guys. All right. Thanks, Matt. That was great. Uh, I enjoy, I always enjoy talking some music and some hockey with uh, knowledgeable guests. So yes, you do. (laughs) Sometimes too much. But that, that's all right. That's all right. It's good. That's what we're here to do. We're, we're a little diversity around here. With that's right. Yeah. There's so, nothing wrong with that. So I put the beacon out again for questions. Uh, sometimes we get a lot. Sometimes we get hardly any. This time, uh, everyone seemed to be uh, seemed to have some things on their minds. So we have a, a bunch of questions we can get into, and we'll just kind of go down down the line, and uh, I guess we'll just kind of riff off the questions, and then we'll let everyone get on with their uh, their weekend. So <clears throat> first one uh, comes off the Facebook page, Miss Jackie Davis, uh, who talks, on, who corresponds with us on the Facebook page. She had another question. Uh, the first one was with some money spent this summer, what blue liner would you like to see them try and acquire? And if we can believe the crow will be back, do they stick with Forsberg or go after another goalie? So it's a two part question. Let's kind of go with the first one first. What blue liner would would would, would they uh, would we like to see them go after? Uh, John Carlson. <laughs> I'm kind of with you on that. Yeah, you know, I, I think I've kind of heard a lot of people that are, oh, you know, John Carlson. Oh, it's going to cost a lot of money and da 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 da. Well, he's going to get overpaid. But you know, if the if the Hawks have this pile of money that some are predicting they're going to have this summer, and they certainly have a big need, um, John Carlson is is a very, very high-end defenseman, does a lot of things well, checks a lot of boxes. Um, and, um, you know, he's got a big shot in the power play. Right, I believe he's a right-handed defenseman. Um, and, um, you know, he, he defends well, big, big guy, can play the physical game, um, skates well. So he would be a, a really nice pickup for them. And uh, he would he would immediately help this team. Yeah, that's one of the few guys who in free agency is going to actually could come in here and uh, solidify that back end of the defense. And, and just, I want to throw a little bit back. You, you, you did your uh, review of the forwards. So if anyone hasn't seen that, go over to the rink, the rink.com. See John's review of the forwards, 
my review of the defense is there and uh, probably by the end of the weekend or first thing next week, I'll have the goalies done and uh, you won't be disappointed. I will tell you when the goalies come around, I spit some hot fire when it comes to the goalies. So just uh, be prepared for that. I, I finished off with my favorite well, position. Jeff Glass fan, you might be disappointed. Yes, yes. <laughs> if you yeah, if you were on the Jeff Jeff Glass bandwagon, yeah, you might want to look look through your fingers and it hold you know, because uh, yeah, it's not pretty. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, as far as UFAs go, uh, eh, John Carlson. Uh, Mike Green, you're already starting to get into, into the, you know, people that are in their 30s. Uh, Dan Hughes, Thomas Hickey. I mean, it drops off very quickly. Uh, Kevin Connaughton, Ian Cole, uh, John Moore, Brandon Manning. I mean, you're, you're ah, you know, are these guys, could these guys be in the top four? I don't know. Do you need more five, six, seven defensemen out there? No. No. So I mean, if you can't get if you can't get a big fish, you know, and, and they're not, you know, contrary to what everyone might think, people don't offer don't give offer sheets to RFAs. They just don't. Uh, it's so rare, and it, when it is, it's like for a John Carlson if he was an RFA, or Shea Weber when he was an RFA. It's really those big fish they go out for. They don't try to go for mid-level like a, a Matt Dumba or a, you know, Noah Hannafin or a Shea Theodore. You don't often see that. So I would not expect to see, you know, Stan Bowman running out there giving offer sheets to a, a Matt Dumba, especially an offer sheet that wouldn't get matched. You know, so yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't I mean of all all you know all those like a guy like Ian Cole would be a sort of a nice number five type of guy, um, you know, maybe John Moore, Brady um, Shea, yeah, but I mean no I it, I think I think you know for the hot if the Hawks are going to go out and go after a free agent somebody Gate it might have been you um, but somebody sort of equated a big move for Carlson as being like what they did 10 years ago when they after went after Brian Campbell and they clearly yeah. overpaid, but they had the money and they got a guy who, who made a difference on their team. And um, so I, you know, again, I, I think, I think for the Hawks, because their cap situation has changed dramatically and we just suffered through a horrible season in large part because Stan Bowman went out and, and got rid of a lot of cap pressure. Um, with the trades of Nicholas Jomerson and, and um, Artemi Panarin, where the Hawks are going to have some money to spend the next couple of years. Um, and, uh, you know, but the problem is you've got to sort of now backfill some quality players, and, and Carlson would go a long way toward that. Um, now, But there's going to be other teams after him. He's originally from Boston, and uh, I don't know if Boston will go after him, but, you know, I'm sure that there are going to be a number of other teams. And so the price will get driven up. You know, people talk about an $80 million cap, and that's going to give the Hawks all this money. But what they forget is an $80 million cap is going to drive up player salaries, too. So it's not like it's not like you're going to get any deals. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how, how big a players the Hawks want to be. But it sounds like they may have the money to do it. Yeah, and uh, the next question, I'm going to kind of add that into Jackie's question. Uh, it's a new question answer. I think it's Matt Pogge or Matt Pogue. 
from Twitter. He said, what are they going to do with Hosa's contract next year if he is seriously done? And we kind of touched on this with Matt. Obviously, Hosa's done. He's not coming back. But if they could alleviate that, give it to, you know, kind of a cap floor, a team that needs to make the cap floor, alleviate that money, um, it, that could open up even more cap space for the Blackhawks. So the, it kind of ties into Jackie's question as well. Yeah. I, I The thing that, you know, and I haven't, I haven't really, you know, dived into the, um, to the, to the cap, you know, situations of all the teams. I mean, it used to be that Arizona and Carolina were your cap floor teams and, you know, that they might be willing to take on those contracts, but both of those teams are actually trying to contend now. Um, so, but that doesn't mean there won't be other floor teams out there and the possibility of doing something. But I mean, the thing about that is, is that nobody's going to take that, you know, that contract with a $5 million cap hit off the Hawks hands. And they, they, he's still making, I think a million dollars a year in actual salary. Nobody's going to take that off the Hawks hands, you know, for, as a gift. I mean, the Hawks are going to have to give something up to do that. And, uh, but if they can, they're going to have a lot more cap room to work with. And, you know, so maybe they could go out and get a couple of nice free agency pieces, which would be great because they need them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no dancing around it. You got to do it. So, um, I'm going to combine uh, her second question with uh, one that uh, Milas Stefan, who is on the Facebook page, also asked. So her second question was, and if we're to believe that Crow will be back, do they stick with Forsberg or go after a, a, another goalie? Um, and then Milas, or Milas, Milas asked, should the Hawks go uh, look at, into signing Cam Ward and just let Forsberg go back down to the AHL to regain his confidence. So it, they kind of tie in together. So I wanted to combine them. Um, my thoughts. Okay. Baruby's back. And, and I'm going through this pretty, pretty uh, detailed because I'm going over, you know, what, what the goalie situation is. And I'm kind of reviewing the goalies from this year. Baruby's back next year. He's signed to a contract. They're not just going to wave him. Uh, probably. He's going to be around somewhere doing something. Uh, Anton Forsberg's around as well. Um, both of those guys have to go through waivers to get down to the AHL. Bruby probably won't get, uh, uh, won't get way or, or won't get picked up on waivers. Uh, Forsberg, uh, I don't know. <laughs> At this point, maybe earlier in the year, he may have. At this this point in time, I don't know that Anton Forsberg would be picked up on waivers. Um, I think honestly, they need to do something, bring some kind of depth in. Um, because the gap in talent between Corey Crawford and the next in line looks to me like it's way too wide. <laughs> if you could get a cheap vet or someone to come in here and just make sure, just like play every four games, five games, and just don't lose. Just don't get, you know, get killed. You don't have to be flashy. You don't have to, you know, you, you don't have to put the team on your back. Just go in there, make the saves that you that you know, make the easy saves that need to be made, and don't do anything flashy. Don't get yourself killed out there, and uh, you know that kind of thing. So honestly, I think that they should investigate it. Whether they will or won't, uh, I don't think they actually. I, I think because of Stan Bowman and you and I both have talked about this, how how he will double down on his mistakes. I think he's going to want to prove that Anton Forsberg wasn't a mistake. And he's going to say, come, come, come back next year with Anton Forsberg's our guy. And, uh, you know, which is going to, you know, kind of leave some questions 
That's that's my well, honest opinion. Yeah, where I kind of net out on this is, um, you know, I think the 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 biggest issue at goalie is is the first part is is in the question. It's it, what's Crawford's status for this year? I, I, I it's it's a mystery wrapped inside a puzzle. Um, inside another enigma. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, that's, that's the thing that's because it, it, at that point, you know, yeah, I guess if you lose Crawford, I guess the, the, the backup really matters, but I mean, Bowman would have to really, I think hit one out of the park to get, to go out and acquire a backup for backup money who could come in and carry this team the way that Corey Crawford can. And I don't think it's actually, I don't think it's that likely. So you know, I don't know whether it's Forsberg or whether it's somebody else they get, you know, off the scrap scrap heap like a, um, you know, he's not playing anymore, I don't think. But, I mean, a couple of years ago they had one of my favorite lefty goalies, Jason LaBarbera, a, a guy <laughs> like that who, who's, you know, got some NHL time under his, his belt and, and has won some games and, and games in pressure situations but can, you know, carry the clipboard, if you will, and be a backup. That might be a, that might be a good choice. Um, I'm probably gay. I'm probably more intrigued by the possibility of Forsberg developing than you are. But at the same time, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't stake my career on it if I were Bowman. Um, and, uh, but you know, at the end of the day, I, I just think, you know, yeah, the, the backup goalie situation is important, but the bottom line is, is, is the, the number one goalie situation is a lot more important. And if Crawford, you know, either can't play or can only play about 25 games. Uh, in some ways, the backup goal is almost a moot point unless you really have someone who can come in and really carry carry the ball. Oh yeah, I, I completely agree with that. The de- the defense needs to needs to be fixed before the backup goalie, but that's something I think they need to investigate. You know, second mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. second. Level. Speaking of goalies, our boy Colin Delia just made an amazing save in the Wolves. Awesome. He slid across and made this blocker save. There's about five minutes gone in the second period and uh, made this wonderful. Here it is right here. Boom. Blocker save. Back door. Splits. Amazing. That's my boy. So, nice. Yeah. You will, you will see me. You will hear me or read me fawning a little bit over Mr. Delia uh, in, in my reviews. But I, I, I am vex- I'm actually very honest and uh, realistic about it. But. I do joke around about my love for Calendelia. Uh, I think you're serious. I don't think you're joking. I think you're serious. <laughs> well, I mean, the way he's developed this year, and I kind of say this in my piece, that you know he's gone from you know struggling in the ECHL to excelling in the AHL. He played a, you know some decent minutes and didn't get himself killed in the NHL. Who knows True. what could happen next year? You know, he's only 23. So, right, I agree. Know? I agree. I think I think he showed enough that. He's got to be in the mix next year as well as a possible backup. I mean, yeah. as, as a matter of fact, I, I'm more of a believer in he and he and his potential than I am in JF Baruby. I think JF Baruby truly is an emergency backup in the NHL or a number one in the AHL, and that's it. Yeah, I kind of, I, I, I did kind of a deeper dive, and, and like I said, I don't want to give too much away, but I did kind of deeper dive on the numbers and. Some of the numbers, and I'm not, I'm not even going to get into specifically who, but some of the numbers in some of these goalies play is very interesting. Like it's not what the it's not what the impression that you have of what happened this past season. It really is. It really is interesting to 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 kind of look at this. So when 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 this comes out, I, I suggest everyone go out and, and take a look because I took some time to split up stats 
based on, you know, before certain periods in time and uh, just to see, you know, what was the reality, um, you know, versus vis-a-vis the perception of what actually was going on out there. So it will be interesting. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Our boy, Ken Kallenbach from our Twitter chat. Uh, he's, uh, he's a good guy. He's, 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 he's been a fan. Guy. Yeah. He's been a fan of puck and hassle. He's, he's been around forever. Uh, he's got a multi, multi, multi part, uh, question. So, uh, first thing is any chance of an RFA swap of Duclair and Morazic? Um, I mean, anything's possible, but, uh, I don't know that the, the you know, that I don't know the Philly would go for that. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. He says, and on top of that, he says, is Morazic too high priced for his value? Um, probably. I mean, he's not going to come. I don't see him coming to Chicago to be a backup. You know, he's, he's like 24, 25. I mean, he was a starter in Detroit. He was like a one, a one B starter in Detroit. I don't think he's going to want to go backwards and, and sit behind Corey Crawford. Now, if Corey Crawford can't come back, well, that's a whole nother story altogether. Yeah. But uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, you know, I'm not a huge Moranzik fan. He, he, I, I've seen some some flashes of brilliance from him, but I haven't seen any consistency out of the guy. And there's a reason that he got, you know, let go from Detroit. So, and they kept the thousand year old Jimmy Howard. Hmm. So, I mean, it, that has to make you think. Up, oh, well, Wolves up two nothing. Crap. <clears throat> yeah. Still plenty of time left. It's only halfway through the second period. Uh, let's see. What else does Mr. Kallenbach say with the remaining time and Bruby and Forsberg's contract does it prevent such a move? Okay. I think we kind of touched on that. Uh, we'll stand double down on Forsberg instead of, uh, instead and extend him. <laughs> I think we kind of touched on that. Uh, I, I'm of the belief that, uh, sometimes to a fault, Mr. Bowman will, uh, double down on, on said, uh, mistakes. And, uh, I think he, because, Forsberg is signed and he put all his eggs in that Forsberg basket by signing him to an extent, a longer extension uh, before ever seeing him play for the team. Uh, I think he's going to continue to, to, to double down on that and uh, just try to suck it up. Uh, Brube, uh, I'm a little higher on Brube, but I, I did lose a little faith in him based on what I saw. I, I, I kind of think that, he played very he played very well up until the point where he got hurt in December and he never really came fully came back. I mean, he played two warm-up games and then was brought right up to the NHL and thrown behind a team that was in complete disarray. Well, and that's the thing. I, I think that's part of the reason that you it's hard to really form a judgment about any of these guys um as a backup goalie in the NHL because the, the the team in front of it, you know, and it was total musical. I mean, musical chairs, that's not the right term, but it was, um, you know, you never knew who was going to play from. Yakety sacks more like, you know, it was, it was so it's really hard. To, it's really hard to say, you know? Yeah. I'm interested to see your article though, because I'm looking at some of the goalie numbers now and, you know, Forsberg actually had better numbers than a lot of, you know, well, you know, sort of well-known NHL goalies. Um, 2.97 goals against, not great. 0.908 save percentage, yeah, not bad. I mean, better than a lot of guys. Yeah, well, I mean, better than like um, Halak and Niemi, and I mean, he he actually, you know, he didn't he didn't play that bad. Niemi, 
Yeah. <laughs> someone, so someone, yeah, I mean, some guys have jobs in the NHL. Somewhere, someone brought up Antti Niemi as a possible like a guy on the open market that the Blackhawks could investigate as a backup. That guy was so done. Yeah, I, I, you know, three months into the season, no one wanted him. I mean, he was on the scrap heap. He had been released from two or three different teams. You're you're not going to do that. I mean, that that would be idiotic. Just because he finally came back down to earth and played just decent for the end of the season in Montreal um, doesn't mean that you know he's worth taking another shot on. I don't. I mean, you're just you're you're basically playing Russian roulette with a guy who's been that flaky and has been steadily declining. Since, you know, he went to, you know, since like his second year in, in San Jose. So, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. yeah. He had one good year out in San Jose and uh, then and they, he sort of started, started to decline. Yeah. yeah. So. um, Mr. Ben Tallman, who is again, he is also in our in our little uh, hockey chat and he's also on the Facebook page as well. Says which ex hawk has a more annoying local family. <laughs> that Scott Darling or that Ryan Hartman guy? That, that Darling or that Hartman? <laughs> well, um I don't know. Does I don't know. Does Scott Darling's family have a Carolina Hurricanes themed bar? I don't know. Um I mean I <laughs> I, I, I guess you could say more, <laughs> I, my, I would expand on this and, and I can't ask him directly, but I would ex- expand on this and say, uh, more annoying to who more annoying to the fan base or more annoying to the organization. I don't know. You know, well, I'm going to, I'm going to working with the same logic that you started with the fact that Harper's dad is now owns a predators fan bar. I think that's, there you go. I mean, that, that ices it. It's, it's Hartman. <laughs> well, it's it's, it, it's still technically a Blackhawks theme bar, but he still has he when the Predators games are on, it's it's Predators he, night. He, he used stick tape to create yeah. a Predators logo. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I don't know. It, yeah, that's a face palm you're hearing. That slap, that's uh, a face palm. Yeah. Well, good news is the Rockford Ice Hogs have just uh, cut the lead to uh, just one goal. Uh, I think I think it's Cody Franz and scored, ah. so it's two to one. So, like I said, plenty of time. Uh, I think it may have been actually it, was a, it may have been a power play goal as well. I think I saw Lance Boma get hauled down on a a, a nice little move there. But uh, I love that greedy Lance Boma. Lance Boma, the favorite NHL player of Gordy Clifton, <laughs> and, and one of the favorites of our very own Aaron Goldschmidt, who's a big right. fan. Yeah. Lance Boma, my friend. <laughs> He's got that grit. Yeah. <laughs> He's got that. Uh, so thank you, Mr. Tallman, for that question. Uh, follow up. Would it be best for Bowman to avoid drafting local talent in the future? Uh, I, I, he should have put that avoid drafting slash signing local talent uh, because yeah. they've been huge on that between uh, Vinny Hinnestrosa and uh, yeah, it kind of puts them in a weird position when they have to make a move, you know? It's kind yeah. of the, uh, the yeah, downfall. I, you know, I, I love Henestrosa. You know, it's, it's, it's hit or miss, you know? I mean, it's, you know, you, there's, there's some guys you're going to, you're going to hit with it. Some yarn and, um, but I, I love Henestrosa. I don't care where he's from, you know, yeah, I just well, like the way he plays. Yeah. I, I think you, you got to stop with the hometown, uh, narrative. 
and just, just go get the best player. Yeah, exactly. Just go get the best player. I mean, the Scott Darling thing kind of fell in our lap because no one knew what he was going to turn out to be. I mean, you can't say, I don't care what anyone says. You didn't know that Scott Darling was going to turn out to be what he was. You know, and it was lightning in a bottle. Yeah. I mean, you know, he came in and I, I also think too, it goes to something I've always felt about goalies that goalies get with a certain goalie coach and they get in a groove and they can really play lights out. And then they go to another organization, different coach, different circumstances. And suddenly the wheels fall off. Like, Cristobal Huey, when he came to Chicago, he was oh. one of those guys. He'd been with uh, Roland Melanson up in Montreal and really, you know, played well up in Montreal. And then he came, he came to Chicago the next year, and um, you know, he's just kind of really struggled. And I think that I think that often I think that probably what happened with Darling in Carolina and all the pressure of being a number one, um, you know. So it's it's hard to say, you know. But uh, again, you know, going back to the local talent, I mean, yeah, Bowman seems to love to draft Chicago kids. And again, you just hope that he that it's the best player at the position and not necessarily their zip code. Yeah, I know. Honestly, if you if if you're asking me, and and I was in that position, I like I I'd be a little bit skeptical sometimes of of local talent because of the fact that you get you get so attached to the you know the local the local feel and and, and everyone loves that narrative of that hometown guy that when but that's marketing then that's marketing and PR driving hockey decisions if that's if that's why they're doing it which would be to me just incredibly stupid well i don't don't think it's that but it's but you know when he's when he does draft so many chicago guys you start to go eh, you know what's behind this you know well that and and that's the thing because you go you know you always get those meatball favorites and and you know the you know whatever it is the the backup goalie or the you know the white outfielder or you know the the slow uh works hard and plays on special teams wide receiver you know, whatever it is, like the, the meatballs get attached to those heart guys. And when it's a guy who's from the place that's right down the street from where you live, people get attached to those guys, whether they're good or not. It's just, you know, it's just the way, you know, the marketing goes and, and the way people get, you know, attached to people who they feel they can relate with because they live right down the street or grew up right down the right. street or Scott right. Darling, you know, Lamont, which is five miles down the road from where I live and, and uh, Ryan Hartman and Vinny Honestroza, who are up from where, where our boy Mike Figueroa lives, uh, you know, up in that Elgin and uh, yeah, West Dundee, Dundee area. Yeah. Yeah. That's where that's my neck of the woods. <clears throat> I mean, everyone now, now in West Dundee is or whatever, you know, and, and you got a Blackhawks theme bar because dad lives there, which is now, you know, whatever. It, it's a whole mess. You know, it's just, if, just pick the right player. Who cares where he's from? You know, you yeah. can't, you, you, you can't, you can't play that game. It's, it's, it's getting, we'll get that Dylan Sakura. Yeah. Yeah. Where's we'll he from? Yeah. Anyway, actually, I like Sakura. I like what I saw of him. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I digress again. Yeah. Um, let's see. Going down to Zachary Martin, who sent in uh, a Facebook question. Uh, besides backup goalie, where is the Hawks major concerns to help the team get better next season? I think we kind of touched on that. The defense for sure. Yeah. I, I think, I think that it doesn't get a lot of pub publicity. And I think that a lot of people don't agree with me on this, but I, I don't care. Um, I never have. Um, I, I really think they need some, some quality center depth. Um, especially um, in defensive zone, face-off situations, penalty kill. I think um, 
David uh, Kampf did a, a decent job in situational work. Um, and if he goes back to the Czech Republic or wherever he goes this summer and he get, he gains some functional strength and, you know, gets, has a year in the NHL under his belt, you know, maybe he can really step up and take some of that, that situational faceoff pressure off of Jonathan Taves more so than he did this year. Um, but I, I, I think that, uh, and again, this, this gets people really upset and worked up, but I really think that, uh, Nick Schmaltz has got to get better in the faceoff dot if he's going to be a regular center in the NHL. Doesn't mean he can't be a good player in the NHL, but to play center in the NHL, he's got to get stronger and he's got to get better in the faceoff dot than 40% over a whole season. And then Anisimov, you know, he's he's always around 45 and he's he's good enough to center a line, but when you get into special team situations, he's not that much help. And you know, because you've got to win faceoffs on special teams, penalty kill and power play. And um, so I, I really think that uh, the Hawks really should go out and get a depth centerman who can skate a regular shift, not a slug, not a uh, Paul Gostad, but a guy who can skate a regular shift and win 50, 52, maybe even 55% of his draws in critical situations. Oh, you mean like a, uh, like a former Blackhawk uh, Marcus Kruger, that kind of? Or like a former Blackhawk, Antoine Vermette. Yeah. And I got into a discussion on Twitter with a guy about it. He's like, yeah, but those guys suck. Yeah, but when, when the Hawks acquired Vermette, he was he was he he still had some, some useful um, skill. And he was coming, I think it was a couple of years off a 27-goal season. So, um, you know, the, the logic that those guys suck now, who cares? They're not Hawks anymore. I don't care. And I'm not saying we go out and get those guys, but a player of that profile – like a Vermette, who's a 55% or Val Filipula is a guy who's a 55% faceoff guy. And he could really help you um, if you got him at the right price um, for, you know, not, not longer than maybe a couple of years on the contract. But I think the Hawks need that kind of help at the center position. And um, I don't think that it's I think it's it's number two after defenseman on the needs list. But that's my opinion. Yeah, well. Breaking news. The Rockford Icehawks just scored two goals in a matter of a couple minutes. Hi, more. Nope. Ah. You're going to love this. Oh, man! Woo! I am awesome! First of all, we have a goal by Chris DiDomenico. Second goal, Mr. Victor Etzel. Oh, good. Yes. That's Will great. you get your eye back on the prize, please? So the Ice Hogs are now up 3-2, to two, and the Wolves have just pulled their goalie. Nice. So, yeah, they're they're pulling their goalie and putting, uh, what's-his-face back in, uh, Dansk. This is great. This is yep. great. I'm getting excited about this. Yeah, this is awesome. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm not on Twitter right now, but I think Mario's probably pooping his pants with uh, oh. what's going on right now because he's at the oh. game. So... Yep. Uh, he, better be wearing, he better not be wearing that, that rink.com name tag when he does that. <laughs> Duh and or hello. <laughs> All right. Let's move on so we get let people get on with their uh to let people get on with their stuff because Like uh, us? Yeah, yeah. So all right. Finishing up, uh we have two two left. One's a longer one. It was an email from Ryan. Uh first time question asker, so we appreciate you, Ryan. Coming out here and uh, Ryan C. Ryan yep. C. He's uh, Ryan's, Ryan's a good guy. Ryan has uh, 
provided us with some information over the last year or so. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I wasn't yes, even aware. Uh, <laughs> Brian is, is wired in with the uh, Czech and Slovak community in Chicago. Excellent. Cool. Yes. We, we love that. So yeah. anyway, will Q realize that Seabrook and Keith need to be utilized differently to keep their games, or will he continue to use, uh, overuse them uh, in all situations? Um, that's a good question because you that's never know question. with Q. <laughs> um, I think he started with Seabrook, you know, using him less, using him in in, in situations where he will, uh, will he, he will succeed. My suggestion was a couple podcasts ago: take Keith off the power play, you know, take a little bit of the pressure off of some of the things. Get guys out there that are better better suited to be in that position on the power play. Keith can't get a shot through to the goddamn net anyway, right? And, and he loses the puck. He's basically just out there as speed in case, you know, in case to give up a breakaway. But you, you can't play your power play with, you know, with that. So, um, right, so I'm going to I'm going to divert into what some might call meathead territory here. But really, no, this is this is about leadership and it's about um, the, the physical sacrifice part of the game and playing defense in the NHL. I remember might have been the last game of the season or it was one of the last five games of the season. Brett Seabrook being out there and blocking, I think it was against the Jets, and he was blocking shots in, in a game that did not matter, um, that the Hawks weren't going to win. But he was setting the example for the other players in the team, the younger players in the team. And you know what? He, he, he had a lousy start to the season. I don't think anybody would dispute that. But he came on toward the end of the year and played actually pretty well because they were using him in the right situations and not overusing him. And, you know, that but the leadership he showed by doing that, that's that's it's hard to put a price on that. It, it really is because a lot of guys don't do that. Yeah. So that's my rant, my Brent Seabrook <laughs> rant. I, I, you're not going to get any argument out of me, man. I'm, yeah. I'm I've my, uh, being uh, being a Corey Crawford apologist. I'm also a Brent Seabrook apologist. So, but yeah, uh, I just I just think that that sort of thing, especially if Seabrook can stay relatively healthy, healthy next year. They use him the way they used him in the last half of the season. No, he may not be worth seven million a year, but you know, they're not going to, they're not going to be able to move the contract anyway. So um, there's, there's some value there um, to, to what he brings and what he brings in terms of leadership. Um, and I know people just sort of scoff at leadership, but you know, there's a lot of guys in the NHL who are really talented who are idiots and bad in the dressing room, like Joe Thornton, you know, and who's never won anything. Um, so, I mean, uh, I just think, I just think that, uh, you know, there's a lot to be said for, uh, I, I just, you know, again, I, I think people got, people were really, really hard on Seabrook and I'm not sure it was fair. Well, uh, it's, no, it's not. I mean, we've said this several times. I mean, what he brings in the locker room, all this other stuff, uh, how much they respect him. And like I said, just if it makes you feel any better and if it'll stop you, stop you from complaining about his contract, uh, just act like it acts like he's only making five million dollars. Take those other two million dollars and put on someone else's name and uh, just you know, be happy with your, you know, go on with your day. Because, yeah, exactly. Unless it's a compliance buyout or something like that or, uh, you know, something like that. Uh, he's probably not going anywhere. So. um. <clears throat> Is this year, is this the main problem in their games that simply cannot do what they've done in previous years? Oh. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, that one, that one I don't get. But um, will the Hawks play a different style of game next year or will it be the same old scheme? 
I'm thinking mostly the same scheme. Uh, they have to change the power play. If they don't, they're idiots. But uh, yeah, they they've got to do something about the power play. Mm-hmm. Other than that, no, I, I would expect more of the same. I mean, they but they also, I mean, I think they got to get the players who can play who can play the uh, the system. You know, I mean, I think that they need a, a true power forward to play with uh, with Taves and Sod, um, who could play that low cycle game um, and puck possession game. Um, you know, the, uh, you know, the, I, I personally, I would put, um, DeBrickett on Kane's left wing and leave him there, just leave him there and let them start to build some chemistry next year. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, so they got, again, they get, they get the ad, the missing pieces and they plug them in and suddenly the system starts working a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and they've been working towards getting younger, which is good. Uh, because it's get you know it is a younger, faster league now, and you get you get teams like the Preds who are younger and fast, and and they're whizzing by the Blackhawks, and and this is you know he, his next question was is that another problem with this team the fact that they've been playing the same system for eight years and every team knows what's coming I don't know that it's necessarily that as much as they're playing the same system they played eight years ago with players that were eight years younger. Yeah, that was the and a lot yeah. more talent. <laughs> Right. You know, but I will say this, you know, because I, I went on a thing about this and going back to black shots again, um, you know, when the Hawks won their cups, uh, those teams were, were were plenty physical as well as fast and skilled. And they also blocked a lot of shots. I mean, Nicholas Jalmerson and Johnny Aduya blocked a lot of shots. Um, and I'd, I'd really like to see the, the Hawks, especially on the penalty kill, but also even strength. Just just keep the rubber off the goalie a little bit. I mean, they you know, they had a lot of games this year where the other team got 40, 45 shots. And, you know, over time, that's going to catch up with you. It doesn't matter who the goalie is. Um, so that's one thing I'd like to see them do. And, and um, you know, for some reason, and it's maddening, Hawk defensemen, generally speaking, don't engage around the net. Um, I had the opportunity to watch the uh, the Capitals Blue Jacket series, all seven games. And, you know, the 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 Capitals defensemen, man, they're, they're beasts around the net. They don't let anybody get in front of that net. And I don't know how many times this year, like the Hawks, they would have forwards just camped out right in front of the goalie and, and nobody putting a stick or a body on them. And sure, they're going to score a lot. These are, these are skilled professionals. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can <laughs> something about it. I actually had a conversation with a guy on my men's league team about this. And, and we were kind of talking about it because, you know, regularly when you play hockey, you know, your defenseman will ask you what you want or, you know, your right. preference or things like that. And my, 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 my what I, I, I kind of likened it to what the Blackhawks do, which is basically the Blackhawks just let a guy camp out in front of the net because they aren't really, and other than like Brent Seabrook and they haven't had a lot of size, which could actually move a guy from out in front of the net. And they've kind of just let guy because having one guy in front of that is better than having two guys in front of that wrestling around when you can't move those guys. Well, yeah, you could get the right screens result from that. Yeah. I agree with that, but I don't know. I just, I just think that, that this year, especially with some of the smaller defensemen, the Hawks had bigger forwards were just, they, they, they were fearless going to the front. Oh of the Hawks. yeah. That's, that's my point is, you know, yeah. if you've got, uh, you know, Gustav Forsling or, you know, any uh, name, any, you know, six Jordan foot Osterley. average goalie or a uh, defenseman, you know, that weighs 180 pounds trying to move Milan Lucic or whatever. 
You know, um, it's not going to happen. You're just going to be wrestling around with the guy in front of the net. It's going to cause more of a problem. Your goalie's not going to be able to see. So instead, they just leave the guy, leave said forward, said, you know, opponent forward in front of the net because it's only one guy that your goalie's got to look around rather than two because your, your guys can't move them. Uh, that's kind of what I was saying with this guy. I'm like, if you're just going to wrestle with someone in front of the net and you can't move them, well, then just get the hell out of my way. Because I've got a better chance of looking around a guy, one guy, right. than I do two guys wrestling around that are moving right. targets. Right. So, you know, not that I necessarily agree with it, but if that's what you have as far as your manpower goes, then that's what you're going to get. That's why I'd like to see the Blackhawks, you know, work on. They, they've brought in some kids that have some decent size. Gilbert, uh, you know, uh, Hillman, uh, you know, whether they're going to be NHL defensemen remains to be seen. But yeah. the fact that they actually have some size, that they're going to try and develop some guys that have size, that I like because you got I, I you cannot have six defensemen that are six foot tall, 180 pounds, and skate like the wind. You do that, and you better damn well hope you can keep that puck in the other zone for 90 percent of the game, because right. otherwise your goal is going to take a beating on the back end. Right, and, and you can't you know the Hawks' two best shot blockers this year were, were Keith and Seabrook. You can't have guys in their mid thirties fulfilling that role, you know, year after year. It's going to catch up with them. No, you have to have guys that are like middle level, you know, depth right. defensemen, second and third pair, that that are doing that. Not Eric yeah. Gustafson playing fifth and not touching a goddamn shot that comes through. <laughs> you know, and it's all good and well that he before. scores goals every now and then, but where where's the help on the back end? Yeah, the guy's got to play defense first. That's his job. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me see. I'm going to see. Can the Hawks pull the 180 and become an instant contender? Uh, we've kind of touched on this before. I They can. Uh, you know, it, with the right moves, they can come back and be a contender again. I mean, there's nothing that says they can't. They need, first of all, they need Corey Crawford. First and foremost. Yeah. They need Corey Crawford. They're to, not going to do it without him. Yeah, right. Nothing's going to happen without Corey Crawford. I don't care what anyone says. Um it's just not going to happen. You, Scott Darling, anyone like you, there aren't goalies out there that are available that can do what Corey Crawford does for the Blackhawks. And uh, if they don't have them, they're in, they're in a whole heap of trouble. Um, and then they got to, they, they got to do they, Despite what Stan Bowman says, uh, I, I, I don't care what he likes and I don't care whether he thinks he's coming out with the same team next year. Things he got, he's got to do something on the defense. He's got to add a player from outside the organization. I think he's got to add two, at least I one, think, maybe two. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, th- I, if he could get two, like if he could go out and get a second pair, I mean that would be huge. Like get John Carlson, and you know maybe you spend twelve million dollars on your defense. It would be worth it. I think um, so, but you you never know. Um, yeah, but and the, then the other the other factor is is you know there's only one guy in the draft who surefire comes into the NHL next year, plays right away and makes a difference. And that's Darlene. So yeah, there's, there's a, an outside Vegas gambler shot at the Hawks, get the first overall pick, you know, you get him and then you go out and get a, a guy like a Carlson in free agency. And now you've got a great defense um, and the kind of defense you could go out and, you know, make a long playoff push with, you know, and I, I just, again, just watching the playoffs, you look at the teams that are really deep on the blue line. Those are the teams that are advancing. Yeah, um, well, that's probably what what hurt Columbus is they just weren't deep enough on the blue line. 
Yeah. Well, and this, this Stan Bowman showing, you know, playing his dealer tricks and, uh, you know, Dylan Sakura is our, uh, you know, trade deadline acquisition and uh, Henry Yoki Haru. Like, come on, you know? Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by, by Yoki Haru, but, but, the, but so he's the latest guy now. Everybody's got him penciled in next year. Yeah, it was Gustav Forsling. And now yeah, what's he, he doing? Hasn't, Yoki Haru hasn't played any pro hockey. He's a junior player. Yeah. And yeah, I know Alex Dabrinkit came up this year and kind of defied the expectations a little bit or fulfilled the expectations for some. But those guys are more the exception than the rule in terms of making the leap from junior hockey right into the NHL. And, you know, especially a guy like um, Dabrinkit, who was drafted in the second round, a guy like Patrick Kane, who's taken first overall. Yeah, that's not surprising that he could go from from junior into the NHL. But Yoki Haru has some stuff he's got to work on in his game. And, yeah, he looks great coming up the ice with the puck on his blade. He's got tons of talent. He can really skate. But, I mean, he's got some some weaknesses in his game as far as, you know, in his own end. And it's just, it's just silly the way people just anoint these guys ready to play in the NHL, and they're not. And the worst they need some time. The worst thing that happens is something like the Debrinkat thing. Because they think everyone's going to do it. Mm-hmm. And and you got to realize that it's rare. It's super rare that things like that happen. You're, you know, it, 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 it was five guys before him that were the next guy. It was Brandon right. Peary. It was uh, whoever, you know. Well, and even, even Brandon Saad, who um, I think he played up to age 20 in junior. Um, as, I think he was an overager. I'm not sure. Um, but... Even Saad played a good half season in Rockford before he came up finally in 2012. And then his first 2025 games, he was a deer, you know, he was a deer in the headlights and then, and then it clicked and, and he, you know, the rest is history, but he still had that half season um, of pro experience in Rockford. And uh, you know, so I think, you know, like Sakura, same thing. I think, you know, and I saw some things in his game that tell that tell me he really needs some time in Rockford unless he really makes a step up next year in, in camp, but in terms of timing and in terms of trying to make plays that you can make in college, but you're not going to make in the NHL. And um, the the other issue is his size too. And and you know when he really gets rocked by somebody and he's not wearing that full cage, how's he going to respond? Because some guys don't respond well. Like the other, you know, the guy of two years ago, um, Tyler Mott, who everybody thought was going to be the next big thing, and now he's not even in the NHL. Yeah, yeah, he, he, yeah, he's a fringe player with Vancouver now. Right. So I think, again, let's. But Yoki Ario, I'm intrigued by, and but again, we, I think we just have to be really careful about, you know, saying that these guys are going to jump from junior to the NHL. It, it, it doesn't happen as much, or it doesn't happen as much as some people think. You have to be overly careful uh, with yeah. that. I mean, really, you do. I mean, I'd rather have too many. You know, I'd rather have them go out and sign two defensemen. And then have too many defensemen in camp, then, you know, have a bunch of question marks, and well, just right. say, "Well, they'll figure it out." You know, someone will, someone will come out of this group. I, I like, guarantee you, some meatball is gonna like if if the Hawks do make a push for say uh, John Carlson, some meatball, I guarantee you, is gonna say he's taking he's taking Yoki Haru's spot. Don't go after him. Oh, that that both stink. He's overspending again for players. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Play Jesus. the kids. Play the kids. Play I'm a troll kids. on Twitter. Thank you, Laz. All right. Um, 
Uh, yeah, we, I think we, we got all Ryan's questions. Thank you, Ryan, for, for your questions. We, we really appreciate them. Um, and we'll close it out with kind of a funny one. Um, Mr. Forklift from hockey night, our boy, um, we will have Mr. Forklift on at some point in time. Yes. Uh, I love, uh, Forklift. He's, he's been very, very gracious guy to me before, you know, I became gatekeeper or whatever, you know, he, he had me on their podcast and, uh, you know, it was very nice of him to do that. Yeah, Frank's uh, a good dude. He's a good dude, but he likes to, he likes to crack wise a little bit. So uh, yes, he does. He loves like to crack wise. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, he says, "When does Mark Bell get his one more shift, and how much ketchup will be involved?" And I think that kind of has. I, I if I remember the story correctly, I believe it has something. I remember to, the story. I believe it has something to do with Mark Bell having his uh, his member in a hot dog bun. I wouldn't have gone that far. Yeah, but you I, did. I believe it has something to do with that at some point in time, but uh, yeah, I think that the ABC line should get one more shift. Oh God, <laughs> you know somebody, somebody go, somebody go out and get a uh, a big wheelbarrow to to wheel Arnie, and Arnie's probably pushing three bills now. <laughs> yeah, when when he was in that, wasn't he the one that was in the uh, the the throwback game? That it looked like he had. Uh, eaten he ate, he ate kyle calder yeah he ate kyle calder <laughs> a post his post hockey body is not holding up too well oh god oh, drunk and donuts <laughs> all right i think that wraps thanks thanks forklift for that uh for that laugh we appreciate it um i think that wraps things up i think we're good to go huh yeah it was fun we got we Took a little while to get going, but once we did, we yep. were we were good. Good, cool. All right. Well, wrapping things up, you can find us on. You can find all of our wonderful content, including the future uh, goalies, uh, goalie grades, plus what Mister uh, Jekyll had worked so hard and labored on with the forwards. Um, that's up there too, and my defense article that came, that went up a couple weeks ago. So you can, our boy Wiz, uh, Bill yep. Plasek, uh put up an article today about uh, leading up to the draft. And Bill's great. You guys, I mean, he's he's you, you go back and you read his draft previews over the last 10 years or so at draftsite.com, D-R-A-F-T-S-I-T-E.com. Um, and, you know, he's he's really had some great projections on a lot of kids coming into the NHL. And those, you know, that they the kids have fulfilled those projections. And, and uh, you know, Bill, uh, Bill will have a lot more content on our site uh, leading up to the draft. Um, including, I believe he's going to, he's going to provide us with a mock draft and, or capsules on players. He thinks the Hawks will go after different spots, um, in their draft. So, uh, we're going to have a lot of content coming from Bill. He's real excited to be, to be helping us out and, uh, look forward to that. Yeah. Those are the words of wisdom on yes. the dash rink.com. Uh, so that's where you can find all of our great stuff. Uh, you can find us on all the popular social media. At the Rink Official, that's Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, you can find the Rinkcast account at the Rinkcast. You can find me at Puck and Hostel, and you can find me on Puck and Hostel uh, on Instagram as well. Uh, we can find you, sir, at Jekyll J A E C K E L. Yes, on the Twitters. On the Twitters. Um, on the Twitters. Uh, if you get a chance. Head over to iTunes, rate and review us, please. Subscribe to the podcast. It makes our numbers look better. Um, speaking of rating, rating and reviewing, um, I knew this was there. I just keep forgetting to read it. We do have one review 
Um, the review is from the boys John and Jacob from Denver, who I hung out with. Oh uh, yeah, uh, from the Talking Hawks podcast. So yeah. they were nice enough okay. to come over and review. Uh, basically, it says "grumpy in a good way." That's the title. So I, I, I think that kind of fits us. Yes, um, I think so. It says jokes aside, this is your one-stop shop for everything Blackhawks. John and Jeff have great discourse and are able to cover the range of topics in under two hours. Well, maybe not under two hours, but <laughs> <laughs> they're both students of the game. I don't know about student, maybe failures of the game or uh, yeah, yeah, miscreants yeah. of the game. Yes. And are able to apply that to provide an unbiased and unapologetic, unapologetic point of view on the state of the team. One of my favorites for sure. Dot, dot, dot. But talking Hawks is better. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't recorded in an, uh, they haven't recorded an episode in a while, but they're, they're good guys. So, yes, they are. and I did, like I said, I hung out with them. We watched the Scott Foster game, which I will talk about in great deal. Not, not, not our experience, but actually the, the Scott Foster game. I will talk about in great detail several times in my, uh, my article coming up. But uh, yeah, I did. We, we, we all stood there with our hands in our heads while uh, that all unfolded in front of us. So that will be a memory I will not soon forget. So thank you though to those guys for that. Um, like I said, you can go over there, rate and review us. If you review if you write out a review, I will read it on the air, good or bad. Whether John likes it or not. <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, it's funny. I was reading the reviews uh, this week for the first time, all the reviews. And um, they're all, all the reviews are, are great and they're very gratifying. And thank you, everybody, for them. And <laughs> there's like, but in the in the uh, ratings, there's like a bunch of five stars. Somebody gave us a one star. Right, but well. they, didn't, they didn't leave a review. I bet yeah. I could guess. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have any more plugs. I think we plugged uh, puckhockey.com, P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. <laughs> several times so um but, go get the rink stuff it's cool yeah yeah go get the rink stuff though we talked about that it was going to be out it is now out go get some so hats baseball sleeves hoodies yep flannels good stuff hats yeah whatever so, you got any other anything else you want to plug or talk about dude i got nothing on tap. cool awesome well uh that being said thanks for taking the time out of your business schedules to download listen and support us Until next episode, see you on the ring.